Welcome to day five of our look together through Revelation chapter three. I want to congratulate you to making it to this day. These are some tough messages from Jesus. You and I have been looking at this week. He causes us to search our hearts, but remember, he loves you. Remember, he's always going to love you. And he says everything that he says out of his love for you, and he says everything that he says intending to love you in the midst of it. Yesterday, we began this look at what Jesus says to a complacent church, a complacent life, those places where I've settled in and begun to lose my passion, my passion for him, my passion for relationships, my passion for sharing the good news with other people. And the first thing he said I've got to do to restore my passion is I've, I've got to admit the shocking truth about myself. I've got to admit the truth that there's some things that have changed in my life, and I've grown lukewarm at some spots in my life. And once I've done that, there's a second thing I have to admit. I have to admit my desperate need. In verse 17, Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Oh, this church fits with so many of us in America. They had acquired wealth. They felt like they had everything they needed in this world, maybe not everything, but at least enough of what they needed in this world that they could make it. They felt like they'd met their own needs. We feel like we meet our own needs sometimes. We meet our own needs through riches, what we acquire, through achievement, how we aspire, through rules, what we require, through knowledge, how we inquire, through relationships, who we desire. But no matter how well you acquire, aspire, require, inquire, and desire, the truth of the matter is, in the end, we're all going to expire. There comes a day when we're going to meet our maker, and the things that we have in this world are not enough. If you picture Jesus' talk here to this church of Laodicea, to your heart, to my heart, in one sense, this is the diagnosis of the great physician. Jesus says he's the great physician. And here he says, you think you've got everything you need, but I'm, I'm, I'm examining you on the examining table. And the truth is, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. The more self-sufficient we are, the more we fail to recognize our deep need of him. Now, maybe these words, you don't like to refer to yourself this way, but the truth of the matter is, blessed are the poor in spirit. When I recognize how wretched I am, how deeply I need his forgiveness, how pitiful and poor and blind and naked I am without the person of Jesus Christ in my life, when I see that, I'm seeing reality. I can fool myself and think, I'm okay without him. I'm better with Jesus, but I'm okay without him. But that's just fooling myself. The truth is, without him, wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. But Jesus wants to make a difference. Our passion can sometimes move from the things of God to the things of the world, and it happens many times when I think the things of the world are enough to satisfy me. How do I regain a passion for God? I realize that I am desperately in need of him, more desperately than I realize. Our modern world can sometimes mask that. The fact that I can have my needs met at some store by buying some groceries or some online service by buying some new thing that I wanted, that doesn't meet the deepest needs of my heart, of my life. I admit my desperate need of him. That's how I get out of complacency. And then the third thing that I do to get out of complacency is I go to Jesus alone to meet my deepest needs. Jesus says in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Jesus says, I, I see that you have these struggles in your life. 
We live in a sinful world. We have a sinful nature. And Jesus says, I want to change that. I want to change that through who I am. Go to Jesus alone to meet your deepest needs. Where do you get your sense of worth? That's one of your deepest needs. How do you deal with your shame? It's one of your deepest needs. Where do you get your view of the world? It's one of your deepest needs. Go to Jesus alone to meet those deepest needs. In fact, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, white clothes to wear, salve to put on your eyes. Buy from me. He says that to this church in Laodicea because they were people who had learned to shop for their significance, but they were going to the wrong source, a false source. So Jesus says, get it from me instead. If it's intellectual pursuit that you think is going to fulfill you, Jesus says, learn from me. If it's chasing after fun that you think is going to fulfill your life, Jesus says, learn to enjoy me. Whatever you think is going to fulfill you, recognize that Jesus alone can meet that deepest need. Now here he specifically talks about gold refined by fire so you can become rich. I think he's talking about faith there. Our faith is like gold refined in the fire many times in Scripture. He talks about white clothes to wear to cover your nakedness. I think he's talking about grace there. He wants to give you the white clothes of his grace to cover the shame of your sin. He talks about salve to cover your eyes so that you can see. I think he's talking about wisdom there, the kind of wisdom that only God can give. It helps me to see life for what it really is and see God for who he really is. God wants you to be rich, rich with spiritual values, clothed in spiritual virtues, seeing with spiritual vision. He wants those kind of riches in your life. I don't know why it is that we so often find ourselves looking to shallow sources to meet our deepest needs. I know I do it, and you probably do it too. When you feel that loneliness of heart, when you feel that depth of need, that tiredness, the weariness of your bones, who do you go to to meet your deepest needs? The way to escape complacency is you go to Jesus alone. And as you go to him, there's a fourth thing that Jesus outlines in these verses that you and I can do to get out of this trap of complacency. You respond as a deeply loved child. In verse 19, just walking through these verses, the next thing Jesus says to this church is, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. If these kinds of words of Jesus scare you because you think he's going to reject you, he says, I don't say these kinds of words to somebody I'm going to reject. I don't discipline somebody I've rejected. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So you respond as a child being disciplined rather than as a stranger being punished. Punishment makes me want to run and hide. I don't want any part of that. I want to get away from God if I think he's out to just punish me, but he is not. In your relationship with Jesus Christ, discipline invites me to be earnest. It helps me to repent. So if there's a sting in your heart right now, it says, I need to change. I've grown complacent in my life. Don't run and hide from that because God's not out to punish you. He wants to change your heart. You don't have to live in fear of discipline. You can live in the reality of his love. You respond as a deeply loved child. You go to Jesus alone to meet your deepest needs. You admit your desperate need. You start with recognizing the shocking truth about yourself. And then there's a fifth thing that you do in these verses. Very famous verse, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. You continually open the door to Jesus. Revelation 3, 20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And then verses 21 and 22, he says, To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Now, many times you may have heard this verse referred to somebody who is beginning their relationship with Christ, and I think it applies there. The first time that I opened the door of my life to him, and maybe you need to do that right now. Open the door of your heart to him. Accept his forgiveness, his new life. He will walk in. He will begin a relationship with you. You can depend on it because he promises it right here. Maybe that's the only place, though, that you've ever heard this verse referred to is related to someone who's first responding to Jesus Christ. And yet, in these verses, Jesus is talking not to someone who is becoming a brand new believer, but someone who's been a believer a long time and has become complacent in their faith. He's talking to Christians, Christians whose heart has been closed. And he's saying, I'm still knocking. If you feel like I've closed my heart to God, I've gone the wrong way, Jesus says, I'm still standing at the door. I'm still knocking. Patiently, lovingly, even vulnerably, Jesus is still knocking. Can you hear it? Can you sense that he has not given up on you? As you hear the knock of Jesus on your heart, what do you hear? Do you hear the invitation in it? Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn you. I came to give you new life. Do you hear the invitation to what he wants to do in your life? Jesus is knocking. It is not angry. It's not insistent. It's not so loud that it cannot drown out other things. You can let it be drowned out by the things in your life. But when it gets quiet, when it gets still, there it is again. He is still knocking. And Jesus says, if you'll open the door, I will come in. In that moment, no matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter how far you've wandered away from me, no matter how shameful you might feel, I'll come in. I'll eat with you. You'll eat with me. We'll have a relationship with each other. That is his promise to your life. Let's pray together. And as we pray, I hope you hear Jesus saying, I'd love to come in. I want to come into your life in a way that I never have before. I want to come into your life into a place where you've never let me before. Don't be afraid. I won't reject you. Don't be afraid. I won't disappoint you. Look, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. If you'll just open the door, I'll come in. We'll fellowship together. I'll change your heart. I'll change your life. You don't have to settle for complacency. I've got an abundant life to give to you. Jesus, help us to hear your heart today. We ask it in your name. Amen. Next week, we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 4. What a chapter. We're going to get an insight into what's happening in heaven as Jesus opens the door to his revelation of the future. Join us next week for Revelation chapter 4. 